verse 33. And it's going to be a topical study. We've been in Romans for, I think, the past 10 years. And um, we're going to do a topical study on this verse that we're going to look at to begin with. Romans 9.33. The title of the message today is Highway to Heaven. And if you remember, years ago there was a popular TV series uh, with Michael Landon, Highway to Heaven, and he was an angel. And there were circumstances that went on during the course of the people's lives that he would intervene in. And he had his sidekick, I think it was Victor French, um, who was a human that used to tag along with uh, Michael. Highway to Heaven. We've heard that people have said that all roads lead to God. All roads lead to heaven. And in a sense, that is true. No matter what you believe, you're going to end up face to face with the Lord. It's just a matter if you're going to continue with Him for eternity or be banished for eternity. And in Romans 9, uh, part of 32, the last part of 32 and 33, it says, For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. As we look at this verse... There's stumbling going on. And notice there's a stone mentioned. And the word there in verse 33, as it is written, talks about the very precious book you have in your hand right now. Or if you're looking on it from a computer. That's God's word passed down through thousands and thousands of years that we can actually know the heart of God. We can actually know His information that He wants you and I to know. The question that I ask myself a lot of times lately is, do I give myself enough exposure to His Word so I'll know His mind and His heart? Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. Notice there's the word there, Him. In capital letters. It's speaking that no, none other than God himself. In 1 Corinthians 10.4 it says, And they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. All of us here today are on the highway to heaven. Every one of us. People driving by are on the highway to heaven. Every one of them. Every time we snap our fingers, several people go into eternity. So by the time we're through here, hundreds have gone from walking on this earth into eternity. The highway to heaven. What road are you taking and what road am I taking? What are the circumstances, the people we meet, the things we read, the things that we're thinking Are we constantly aware that there are people sent specifically into our lives to point us in that direction if we're going off course? 
Thank God for this particular church where God's word is preached word by word. That we preach that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. Makes it very simple. We don't complicate it. But there's no hell bell preaching that there's no hell. Yet Jesus Christ is the one who has talked about hell more than he did about heaven while he was on this earth. Why? Why would he do that? I love this particular picture. If you notice it, it's, it's pretty wide when you see in the beginning of it. But boy, look how it turns and goes. I'd be freaking out going on the edge of that stairwell right there. If you ever have driven on a cliff and, and it's tight. Or if you ever go to Colorado and they have those donkeys that you get on. Who would get on a donkey to go down to the side of a cliff with the path this wide? I don't even know if I go on the donkey if it was my pet for like 10 years. I want to go. I want to trust that animal. But yet people are trusting people and philosophies and things that tell them that's going to bring them to heaven. Wow, that's heavy stuff. And it says that in the end times there's going to be a falling away. People are going to give up on their faith. That's even heavier. In Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. Before we jump to the next part, just look at that again. It says, Enter by the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. They take that road. Now the question is, did they know by going in that road that it was going to lead to destruction? Were they that foolish to enter that way even though they knew it was going to lead to destruction? I don't think so. I don't think any of us want to go to destruction. I don't think an atheist wants to be destroyed. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few that find it. So you take the billions of people in the world and you think about the number of people who are going to heaven. It's few in comparison to those people who are going to go into a Christless eternity. And already we're probably close to over 100 that have left this earth already finding out if what they believed in was right, if it was the truth. In 1 Peter 2.8, it says, A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Now remember, we open up with Romans 9.33 and it talked about a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And understand that that rock is the rock that many of us stand on, Jesus Christ. But also that rock is the many of us that stumble over and trip over the person of Jesus Christ. Why do we stumble? Because we're not sold out. We're not sold out. 
We're not 100% behind what he does. So it trips us up. And he's faithful to lift us back up again. And why is, it, why is he a, a rock of offense? Well, how many of us in our lifetime have been offensive, not purposely to people, but because we're believers in Jesus Christ, we're an offense to those people. Oh, look at that Bible thumper. Look at that Jesus freak. Oh, you're the holy roller. What are you, what are you looking at me that way for? Why are you judging me? Many of us have been there. We felt that gaze. We felt that feeling that, you know, people think, oh, you know, or they come to you and say, oh, why does God do that now? What's happening now? Why is that happening? You're so close to God. Find out why that's happening. So they have that attitude. Okay? It's offensive. God is offensive to people. And I know personally why he's offensive. Because when I wasn't following God and doing things my own way, he was the standard. He was always the standard that I was running away from. So I was convicted. I felt guilty. I knew I wasn't doing what he wanted to do, and I did my own thing. And there was destruction in my life. There's things that happened that I'm not pleased with or proud of. But he's good. He's faithful. He built me back up again. He allowed me to trust him more. Not the second, not the third, not the fourth time around. Maybe the hundredth time around, he still was after me. Maybe the thousandth time around, he was still pursuing me. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right. Remember, that person doesn't want to be destroyed. They don't want to be, go to destruction. They think that what they're doing is okay. If it feels good, do it. You only go around once in life. Grab for all the gusto you can get. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may die. Philosophies, beliefs. People hang their hat on these things. Does that make it right? Does that make it good? Does that make it the truth? Back in Genesis, it says, So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Two individuals. Two individuals. Never knew sin. Beautiful. Paradise. Everything that they needed. We're always going to be in the prime of their life. Never we're going to have aches and pains. Never we're going to have disease. Never we're going to have heartache. But they found out that God was such a God of love that he gave them a free will and he just said, hey, the one thing I don't want you to do is don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because the day they eat of it, you're going to die. Many people say who aren't believers in Christ, well, why didn't he just make it that no matter what you did, everything was okay and you live forever? But see, he's not a robot maker. He's not a robot maker. He gives you a soul and a spirit and a beating heart and the breath of life. 
And it gives you a free will to choose every single day, 24-7, 365, every second of every day, to make a choice on what you're going to believe, whether it's a person, a place, or a thing. He does that for you, and he does that for me every day. And time is passing, isn't it? Time is going. I saw Steve's baby in the back. I remember when it was just this little. And now, he's got hair. More hair than I have. He's looking around. He's getting bigger. He's getting older. He's in a temporary state right now. Just like you and I are. We're in temporary states. We really are just passing through. Every click, several people are just going into an eternity. Whether they know Christ or not, that is happening. That's a fact. That's the truth. That really is happening right now. As we sit here and breathe and listen. What is God trying to say to you and to me through this message today? The highway to heaven. Notice the angel guarding the way back to the tree of life so they couldn't have access to it. A tree. Just a tree. I'm looking out at the trees. There's trees. There's a tree in the garden. Thousands of trees were in the garden. But don't touch that one. Because the day you do, you're going to die. There's a journey to the cross. Some of you here today are on that journey to the cross. You haven't got there yet. You're on that highway to heaven and there's all different things going on in your life. Relationships, work, school, happiness, sadness, maybe addictions. Whatever's going on, Understand, that's part of your highway to heaven. It's part of the things that God is doing, allowing in your life for you to make a choice, just like Adam and Eve had a choice. This world is evil. Pastor Joe, the prayers today, the pastor that was shot, the stuff that's going on all throughout the world, here in Janesburg and all the way across back until you get back to Janesburg. It's crazy. And it's getting worse. Good is evil, evil is good. You can see it in the newspaper. You can see it in the laws that are being passed. We're living in prophetical times. Do you understand that that is things that are happening in your life and my life for our decision on where we're going to spend eternity? That highway to heaven are the very things that are happening that will happen the rest of today. When Benjamin Netanyahu and... President Obama and the president of Iran are meeting. They don't understand, I hope they do, but I don't think they do, that they're on a highway to heaven. They're going to be either in heaven with Christ for eternity or they'll be in a Christless eternity. They're no different than you and me. When Jesus died on that cross and shed his blood, it was for every pauper, up to the highest king in the land. It didn't matter. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. I love that when I first heard that. Didn't matter who stood at the cross. We were all equal. From the youngest to the oldest. 
We're all on that journey. Whether people believe in God or not, we're all on that journey. Jesus is not a liar. Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God. If you're a skeptic, be an intelligent skeptic and check it out. Check it out if you're a skeptic. Don't go into eternity with blind faith. Don't go into eternity with blind faith. Pastor Joe gave a great message last Sunday on faith. Portraits of faith. More people are going into a Christless eternity believing something that was a lie because they don't have any evidence about it. We have the evidence. We have archaeological evidence. We have historical evidence. We have prophetical evidence. And we have individual life-changing evidence by people who were touched by Jesus Christ. What better proof? What do you need? What do you need? So the journey to the cross. I'm speaking right now to those people that still didn't get to the cross yet. They still haven't made that decision. They still haven't made it, that eternal decision. And I say to you today, what are you waiting for? We're close to a thousand people, easy, since I started today. Who's next? Does age, does age stop a person from going into eternity? No. No. Babies that are in the womb to a person that's 100 years old. There's no reasoning. Any age can go into eternity. On this picture, notice there's light, there's dark, there's rocks, there's grass. Some of it's a beautiful picture. Some of it's very, like, uh, you don't know what's going on. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the real world. Right? We've all been there. Good times, bad times, dark times, not really knowing what's going on. Other days, boy, zippity doo da, zippity day. What a great day this is today. And then there's those of us who have been to the cross. We've been there. We've fallen on our knees. We've been humbled at the presence of Jesus Christ and how he would save a wretch like me. And you. And he came to die for the whole world that's rejecting him. They're rejecting him. They're rejecting him in Washington. They're rejecting him in the Sudan, over in the Middle East. There's war not only outside with tanks and guns, but there's war going on inside in the heart of men and women. And there's only one peacemaker, and that's Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And until every individual meets the Prince, there will always be unrest and no peace. It's just the way it is, because that's the truth. People that have come to the cross, that have been born again and have the living God inside of them in the presence of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, living inside, 
doing a work that sometimes we don't even know that He's doing it. And we find out that a year goes by and five years goes by and ten years go by and we look back and we say, oh my gosh, look how faithful He was to bring me from that point to where I am today. That's God. It isn't you. It isn't me. It was Jesus Christ, the living and true God, the resurrected God, that said He'll give you life and give it to you abundantly. But are you tripping? Are you tripping on Him? And you don't understand that abundant life. You haven't tasted it. But He wants you to. And those of us that are going journeying from the cross, I thought that was cool with the worship team today. The world behind me, the cross before me. I didn't hear them playing the song and went in the back and typed it in. All this stuff was already up here. The world behind me, the cross before me, no looking back. I'm not going to look back at all this stuff in the past, whether it was good or bad, dark or light, doesn't matter. I'm going forward with the cross before me and I'm going to live with Jesus Christ hand in hand going through the rest of this life. Does that mean it will be all good times? No way. No way. I know that death is facing me unless Jesus Christ comes. Right? I know death is facing me. When that will be, only God knows. But death is facing me. Death is facing you. There's going to be a time that we're not here in these pews anymore. John gave me a picture of a guy I didn't even know passed away. We were at, looked like a wedding or some sort of a church function. And he died a couple years ago. He's gone. He's in eternity with Christ right now because of the choices he made on this earth. Genesis 13, 11 talks about Abraham's nephew, Lot. And it says, Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Speaking about Abraham and Lot. Abraham, they were getting too wealthy, both of them. They have too many uh, animals and land, and they had to separate. So Abraham said to Lot, Where do you, go ahead, choose what you want. And I was just driving here today thinking about that. And you know, when Abraham left his home, he just obeyed God. He didn't make a choice. Hey, God, can you give me that land way up there in the valley that's real cool? He just followed the Lord. He wasn't asking for a specific place to go. And here it was interesting that Abraham asked Lot to choose for himself what he wants, and he chooses the plain of the Jordan. And this particular picture that I put in here, I was thinking about, if you look at it, there's some very rough spots here. And down by the valley, there's some neat-looking spots. But right through the middle of it is a river. And I was thinking how, in the Scriptures, that water is a symbol of God's Holy Spirit. That right through everything, the valley and the mountains, is God's presence. But what I want to ask you, dear people, today is, are you aware of His presence all the time? 
There's nothing that's coming into your life that he is not aware of. Nothing. Doesn't matter what it is. Good, bad, indifferent. Doesn't matter. He's trying always to be in a deep, deep relationship with you. He wants to know you more intimately than any person could ever know you. And he can make that happen. There was a separation from Lot and Abraham. There was a separation. And if you know the story, Lot goes on and the whole thing with Sodom and Gomorrah and the mess that that is. And his two daughters have children by him. You know what I mean? There's a separation. I don't think Lot thought when he saw this that he was making a wrong decision. I don't think he thought it was going to lead to destruction. I think he thought it was going to be awesome. It was going to be like a paradise on earth type of scenario. What decisions are you making that you don't think are going to be destructive to you, but they might be very well be? Because you're not following God's love letters. You're not following His Word. His Word is truth. He gave it to us so we wouldn't have to go through so much heartache and trouble. Do you read His love letters? Do you love them? Enough to read His love letters. You and I need to be people that walk by faith and not by sight. You might see something that's in the road and you don't know why it's there. Could be an illness. Could be a cancer. Could be a death of a loved one. Could be something going on in your life right now. I can say to you, I hope everybody's doing good today. But I know that's not true. There's some people that are feeling great today. There's some people that, people that are battling things, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, maybe financial. There's things going on. And other people are getting by. It's, it's uh, okay, it's a good day. It's all right. It's all different things going on. I just got back from a couple days on a tour with my brother of Gettysburg and reliving the battle, both from the physical and the spiritual viewpoint. And there was a place on Little Round Top where this guy, Chamberlain, was holding the Confederates from coming up. And men were dying as these guys were fighting over here. And over on another part of the battlefield, Things were going okay. There wasn't anything happening yet. It was peaceful. Everything was good. So while one person was fighting for their lives, other people were okay. Just like here. Just like here. This thing's going on all the time because we're on the highway to heaven. This thing's going to happen in our lives. When you put your face in God's love letter. When you put your face in the book, you're going to know more and you're going to stress less. You're going to know more and you're going to stress less. Know His Word inside out. Because He knows on this highway to heaven what you and I are going to go through. Remember Jesus when He told the apostles, get in the boat and go over and I'll meet you on the other side. Well, you know what Jesus did? He went up on the mountaintop and prayed. 
And I've been fortunate enough to go to Israel and all the mountains around there, no matter where you go, you can see the whole Sea of Galilee. You can see from one side to the other. So Jesus was up there and he was praying for the guys in the boat. And I don't think it was for the um, special purpose of just them getting to the other side. I think he knew they were getting to the other side. But I think he was praying for each one individually because he knew what was coming. He knew that Peter was going to struggle in his faith and that he would pretty soon deny him. He knew that all those guys in the boat, except for John, were going to be martyred for their faith and belief in him. He was praying for them. Hey, this is our boat right here. You know who's right now praying for you and me? Jesus. You know how often? 24-7, 365. But how, Vinny, how could anybody do that? Nobody can. But God, nobody can. He knows you all by name. He knows how many hairs you got on your head and how many are falling off. He knows. He loves you intimately. He wants to know you personally. He cares for every single one of you. Walk by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word, reading his word, meditating on his word. That's how your faith gets stronger. Some young guys are in here. They're going to the weight room pumping for their game and getting stronger. They know that the more the pump and they pump and stuff, the stronger they're going to be and be able to hold off or break through the line that's there. It's no different with you and I. We need to get in the spiritual weight room, pump our faith up. In God's word, because remember, God knows what's coming. He knows the struggles and the battles that are coming. Get in his word. Get in his word. Why? Because it's the truth. That's the truth. There's no other thing you can do. Get in his word. In Jeremiah 18, 15, it says, Because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to worthless idols. And they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient past to walk in pathways and not on a highway. See, God has laid out for you and I a path to follow. He's done that. We as humans like to make our own paths. And knowing a lot of you, how many of the paths that you and I make on our own lead to dead ends? And then we did it again on another part of the road. And yep, same result. Young people in here today, be smart. Understand there's a God who rose from the dead, who loves you, and does not want you to go 20 to 30 years of dead ends, that he wants to give you an abundant life today that will carry you face to face with him one day along that highway, but be with him throughout your life. Don't wait, because you're not guaranteed to be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or older. You're not guaranteed that. Your last day on this earth might be this week. Could be. Only God knows. No one else knows. 
Isaiah 43, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And we know this when John the Baptist, that's one of the things that was attributed to John the Baptist, that he went before Christ to make the way, before Jesus started his ministry. Do you hear the Holy Spirit in your life crying out to you and saying to you today, hey, Vinny, prepare the way for me to do an awesome work in your life. You've been in a wilderness. You've been in a desert. You've been doing things that are artificial. You've been in fantasy land. It's not real. It's temporary. I want you on the highway to heaven. I want you on the road to truth. Do you believe him? Or do you think he's lying? Do you think you know more than he does? Isaiah 49, 11, I will make each, and in the King James Version it says all, I will make each or all of my mountains a road, and my highways shall be elevated. I will make all of my mountains a road. Remember, a mountain is something that's very difficult to get over. It's very hard to get over a mountain. If you ever go on mountain climbing or if you've ever driven a car, you have to either go through the mountain or they put a highway through the mountain or you've got to go around the mountain. You can't just go over the mountain with your car or get out and climb it. It just doesn't happen that way. But notice here, and notice also in the picture who Jesus is talking to. It's a man who has a swastika on his arm. It's a soldier with a swastika. Huh, interesting. Why would Jesus be talking to a soldier with a swastika on his arm? Because he loves him. He loves you and he loves me and he loves what's going on, the, the people in the United Nations. He loves them. He doesn't love what's going on, but he loves them. He loves the people over in the Middle East. He loves all the Muslims. He loves all the atheists. He loves everybody. And he's trying on that highway to heaven before they go into eternity to get their attention because he loves them. He got your attention. He got my attention. But you and I, there's some of you who are still heading to the cross. There's still some of you and I that have been at the cross and we're moving through life with Jesus hand in hand. It's a big difference in the two scenarios. The Damascus Road. The other road was the road to Emmaus after Jesus rose from the dead. There were a couple of Jesus' followers that were walking and there was a stranger that came up. Well, that stranger was Jesus, but they didn't know it. They talked to Jesus while he was walking. They didn't know it. They didn't know it was Jesus. The guy they had hung with for three years, they did not know it was him until he broke bread at the dinner table that night. And they said, because he disappeared, bam, Jesus was gone. And how cool is that going to be, huh? When we get resurre resurrected bodies, 
and all of a sudden we can just be transported all over? Jesus gave us a little glimpse of what some of the neat things that he's going to bless us with. But here he breaks bread, he disappears, and now they turn to each other and say, that was Jesus. Wasn't your heart burning all the time we were talking to this guy about all the prophecies that were fulfilled, starting with Moses and going through the rest of the Old Testament? But we didn't know it was him. I got a question. Is your heart burning, but you don't know it's Jesus on that highway to heaven that's trying to get your attention? You're not recognizing him for who he is, how he works, and how he tries to reach out to you through his word, through other believers in Jesus trying to, who pray for you, who will go to their grave praying for you in the hope that one day they'll see you in eternity on the other side. That's how much they love you. That's a reality that's really going on. I believe that some of you here, you really aren't sure where you're going if you were to die. I think you want to know. I don't think you want to be destroyed. You think that God is a God of love, and He is. Perfect love. Perfect love. But don't forget perfect justice. That's important. <laughs> he couldn't be a, a true God, an almighty, all-powerful God, if He wasn't all-loving, all merciful, all graceful, but also all just. He's got to punish sin. He's got to. And he did. You don't have to go through the punishment. He did it for you. He died on a cross. He shed his blood for you and for me. And then he rose from the grave three days later. Resurrected life. Are you dying in here today? Are you dying? He wants to give you resurrected life. He wants to bring you back. He wants you to start on a new road to that highway to heaven. Then there was the Damascus Road. Here was Paul. He was a religious guy. He thought he had it all together. He's one of the smartest rabbis. One of the smartest guys. One day was going to be top dog. Then he went to, on a road to Damascus to persecute Christians, those who were following the way, those who were following Jesus. He went to persecute them. And he found out on the way who the truth and the life was. Because Jesus got his attention. And I think Jesus used phones, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, concerts, sporting events, life, death, sickness, health, to get your attention. I believe he uses all those things. Doesn't matter. He'll use anything he can because he loves you so much to get your attention. Don't think you have a lot of time. See, that's a deception of the enemy, that you have a lot of time to make a decision for Christ. You don't. If today you hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did in the rebellion. Open your heart today, receive him in. Let him show you who he is. What do you get to lose? Seriously, what do you get to lose by letting him in? Nothing. But you get everything to gain. Two guys that are with Paul in this particular picture, they're clueless. They're clueless. But yet they're on the highway to heaven 
They had to deal with what was going on with Paul, and maybe they saw it in the next few years. Hey, remember that guy we were walking with? Our buddy Paul? Look what he's doing now. He used to kill the Christians and persecute them. Now he's one himself. And he's in prison. He's writing all these letters. They'll throw them in the garbage. They'll never amount to nothing. Wrong. Just look into the New Testament. Paul wrote over half the books in the New Testament. Highway to heaven. What impact are you having on that highway to heaven? 1 Peter 2.6 says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The one who trusts in him. There it is again where they're making that stone a person. They're referring to the stone that it is a person. And the cornerstone, that precious cornerstone, is none other than Jesus Christ. Remember the tree in the garden that the cherubim was guarding? So after Adam and Eve sinned, they couldn't get back to the tree of life. Well, a few thousand years later, whatever it was, there was another tree that a man named Jesus went to. And then he went to a garden after the tree. He hung on the tree. He was innocent. He was perfect. He was sinless. Tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, but he was sinless. And he died on the cross for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What was true then is true now because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And then they took his body down and they brought it to a garden. They put him in a tomb, rolled a stone. Three days later, the stone was rolled away, not to let Jesus out, because he was already out, but to let people in to see that he was out. There's a tree of life that is none other than Jesus Christ. He's the rock. He's our tree of life. And it says in Revelation 22:14, blessed are those who do his commandments. Another version says, blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to come to the tree of life and may enter in by the gates of the city or by the gates into the city. See, there's no other way into the city but through the gates. And through Scripture, Jesus is also the gate. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other gates. There's no other way. It's only through Him. He's the tree of life. And as we close today, there's a lot of things going on, as Pastor Joe mentioned, with uh, cancers and stuff like that. We need to be people of prayer. We need to be people of prayer. We need to take that serious where we're communicate, communicating to God and interceding on behalf of the other people. And I know that the women meet a couple times a month. Correct, Rose? Uh, there's men meeting on Friday morning before work. And there's a prayer service here from 5 to 6 every Sunday night. We need to get serious because 
And we need to pray by name specifically for people to get them on the highway to heaven that will lead them to the place where they stand before the king. They stand before their father and he says, well done, come on in. Well done, good and faithful servant. To what I prepared for you before the foundations of the world. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've been messing around and not being serious, I'm going to ask you right now to just come on up and say a prayer with me to receive Jesus into your heart. And if there's anybody that is interested in doing that, please come up right now. I'm going to ask my brothers and sisters that are here right now to be praying specifically for people that are here that don't know you as Lord and Savior. So as the worship team plays a little bit, if, if you feel that God is saying, you know, get right with me. I love you. Just come up front right now. And uh, 